Hey, it's Brian with a quick announcement before we get started. You know, this time of year especially, we're always aware of how quickly time flies. So let me suggest to you that it's not too early to start thinking now about your Christmas shopping for 2022. And I've got the perfect recommendation for all the Christmas lovers in your life. Christmas Past The Book is coming in the fall of 2022 from Lions Press. Stay connected with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates on events, giveaways, pre-ordering, publication dates, all that stuff. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, it's Brian. Here we are just a few days into the Christmas season, and what a celebration we've been having together already. This season of Christmas Past has plenty of what you've come to expect, the backstories to our favorite holidays traditions, and your Christmas memories, plus lots of fun and surprises. Today is a fun and surprises kind of day. What happens when a Christmas tree sent from a secret admirer comes between a young woman and her fiancé in New York in 1902? Well, that sounds like the makings of a drama, and it happens to be our favorite kind here on Christmas Past, an all-new Christmas audio drama. Today, you're going to hear Christmas on Henry Street, a one-hour audio drama inspired by true events and set in a rare year when Christmas Eve and the first night of Hanukkah coincided. This one is suitable for the whole family. It'll be airing on several NPR affiliates in December, but I'm pleased to present it to you here in its entirety. And the program's creator, Bonnie Silva from Sagacity Productions, has a special message for the Christmas Past family. Bonnie? Thank you, Brian. Hello, Christmas Past listeners. What you're about to hear was inspired by events that really happened. Once I learned that our hero had a rousing dispute with her financial supporter over a Christmas tree, I wanted to know why. But the answer only led to more questions. What is it that brings us together, that causes us to love and forgive one another, and to open our hearts and our homes to strangers? I think it has something to do with what happens to us deep down inside at Christmas which is why I wrote this story. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Bonnie, and thanks for sharing this heartwarming and festive program with the Christmas Past family. I'll come back at the end to wrap up and say goodbye. But for now, please enjoy this special presentation of Christmas on Henry Street. Christmas on Henry Street. New York City, 1902. Oh, not me. I adore the simple elegance of a red fin gown. There's nothing like the essence of a plum pudding steaming on the stove. I'm Mrs. McRae, widowed housekeeper to Miss Wald and Miss Brewster here at the Henry Street House. My son Tommy resides with me, and that wily police reporter Mr. Reese acts like he lives here too. Then there's Miss Wald's high society benefactor, Mr. Schiff. It all started when Miss Wald went uptown to see him about some vexation of his. My dear Mr. Schiff... I never imagined you would take issue with us having a Christmas tree at the house. Miss Wald. Do you have an opinion on this situation, Rabbi? I, uh, from what I hear in the neighborhoods, Miss Wald, 
you're having a Christmas Eve gala. Don't you think the tree would provide a pleasing addition, Jacob? Excuse me, Rabbi. Miss Wald, may I remind you that I purchased the house solely so you and Miss Brewster could aid our poor and sick neighbors downtown? You remind me often, sir. Do you wish me to disappoint the children who so eagerly await the arrival of our tree? Should they be allowed no reprieve ever from their wretched lives? It is the children that concern me, Miss Wall. How so, sir? As the primary financier and overseer of your work, I forbid a tree to be on display at the Henry Street house. Though we've certainly had our differences on matters great and small, you've never forbade me anything. Well, I'm forbidding you now. Well, I can see your mind is made up. So I'll bid you good day, sir. Good morning, Miss Wald. Will your fiancé, Mr. Barry, be coming from Rochester for the holiday? I'm sure he won't be. Not after our last little tiff. As his butler, how do you manage living with Mr. Schiff? He can be so utterly high-handed. To be honest, I, I do it for my own amusement, Miss Wald. Serving the Schiff household is like a, a never-ending night at the theater. I'm sorry to be so late, Mary. Do you think you can see Mrs. Blumenthal without me? It's not like I've never treated a steam burn. I was just leaving. And how is Mr. Schiff today? Oh, he is his usual thorny, unyielding self. He is forbidding us to have a tree. I'm sorry to hear that. But then again, he doesn't celebrate Christmas. But what's a Christmas gala without a Christmas tree? I should be back by dinner. Hello, Mrs. McRae. You have a visitor, Miss Waltz. A visitor? Yes. He's waiting in the sitting room. Charles, what are you doing here? I've come to make amends with you. So does that mean you don't find me irrational and high-strung? <sighs> and that you no longer think what I'm doing is absurd? I, I, I had a slip of the tongue, and that is all. I've, I've only come to... To tell me that our families don't mingle with people on the east side. I only dream of building a nest for you. A place where you can nurture our forthcoming chicks. Why do you find that so very distasteful? Because you speak of me as though I were a hen. The fact of the matter is, I'm afraid for you. I I've always thought of you as exceedingly brilliant. But you could be violated or even killed down here. These people are barbarians. I'm sorry, Charles. Here, please take this. Your engagement ring. No, 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 no. hold on to it. I know you love me, Lillian. You think you know everything about me, but you don't. I'll wait, as long as it takes for you. To come to my senses? Miss Wald! Tommy! I have something for you, Miss Wald! A Christmas tree! It's from your secret admirer! <sighs> Out of the mouth of babes comes a well-kept truth. Charles, I know nothing of this. <sighs> You must believe me. And why does the tag say, For you, Lillian, with all the love in the world? I'll leave you to your admirer, your tree, and your foolhardy notions. I'm going back to Rochester. Goodbye, Lillian. Well, that wasn't the first time there was trouble in paradise for these two. 
but I guess the same could be said for me and that sneaking, honey-fuggling Mr. Reese. Oh boy, Christmas cookies! If Mr. Reese were here, we could give him one. We can save a couple for him. I saw him today, on Hester Street, with Miss Terrington. Miss Terrington? He opened a little box and showed her something, but I couldn't see what it was. Did he know? She looked real happy. Did she know? Here to see Reese, Miss Wald? As a matter of fact, I am. I sent him to look into a baby farming operation. A baby farmer? That sounds rather ominous. I'm sure Reese will tell you all about it when he gets back. If he ever decides to come back. Well, I want to know, why would a police reporter be poking around at charity? It says here that a very high percentage of the infants cared for unexpectedly passed away before you could find them homes. Oh, most of them come in ill. They're in rough shape to begin with. What's behind the curtain? Nursery? There aren't any babies in there. (laughs) They've either been placed in nice homes or suffered a more unfortunate fate. Before Miss Wald and Miss Brewster asked me in, I worked as a janitress for a scrimping, merciless landlord, a Mr. Murphy. You can't hide, Grunschlag. Not on rent day. Mr. Murphy. Ah, there you are. Well, we both know what day it is now, don't we, Grunschlag? The air in the apartment. And what about it? It's befouled. My wife has been poisoned by the gas and may be dying. Oh. So you blame my building, do you? Well, it was good enough when you had nowhere to live now, wasn't it? I have to think of my son and our lodger. She's just a baby. Well, maybe you should charge more for your rent, baby. Then you wouldn't have to work so hard. The gas could kill them in their sleep. We must find somewhere else to stay. Well, then you'll forfeit your deposit now, won't you? Now, where's my rent? Miss Wall, I hope you haven't been waiting long. Not at all. Mr. Shanks tells me you were investigating a baby farmer. Yes, I'm sorry to say. A Mrs. Waters. I don't think I fully understand what these women do, except that one of the girls from our kitchen gardening class went to see what she called a baby boarder. The mothers hand the babies over, for a fee of course, to the women who promise to find a loving and adoptive home. If they can't be adopted out quickly... The babies eat into the profits, and so the baby farmers starve them until they die of malnutrition or disease. Well, I must say, I find this all very disturbing. These fiendish practices must be stopped. Matron, get this squeaker out of my sight. What kind of mission are you on today, Miss Wald? Oh, hello, Captain Battle. I'm here to see the chief. He expecting you? No, we've never actually met. What a lovely little Christmas tree. Do you always have one at the police station? Every year. My wife and I have one too. Kind of brings a little joy to an empty house. Are these children waiting to be picked up, Captain? No, Miss Wald. There's no one coming for them. Their parents are dead. Then why are they here? This is no place for traumatized children. They're under quarantine. Standard procedure. The village in Russia was attacked, so they sent this batch to us, and the rest went to the Bronx. 
Do they speak any English? I'd like to talk with them and try to help. They don't speak anything. And I I'm sorry, ma'am, but the chief says no one can be mothering them. Whatever do you mean? The chief don't allow the public to fuss over the foreigners we get. These are going to be sent back to Russia once their quarantine is up. Sent back? Why? So they can be killed like their parents? The chief will see you now, ma'am. Sit down, Miss Ward. What would you know about baby Borden? Some of these so-called boarding services are death traps. And uh, do you have any proof of that? Not yet, but Mr. Reese... You know what we don't need around here, of all things? There's a woman getting in the way. First, the, 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 those meddlers from the college settlement come in. And then the matrons were forced on us. You know, the next thing, you'll all be wanting to vote now, won't you? <laughs> Miss Wold wasn't one to be stifled by Chief McKee's bully ragging. But Mr. Schiff, he was a whole nother bull of wax. You seem a bit out of sorts, Jacob. Is something nettling you? Miss Wald proposes to put up a tree at the house. Do you remember why you came to this country? You wanted the freedom to do business the way you saw fit. It may be that Miss Wald would do well with more freedom concerning matters of the house. Not at my expense. Such a beautiful tree. Who do you think sent it? I don't recognize the handwriting. Perhaps it's Colonel Waring. He's always asking for you. The sewer commissioner? Whenever I see Colonel Waring, he wants to know how you are, Mrs. McRae. Goodness! I wonder if he knows about Mr. Reese. I can assure you there's nothing to know about our Mr. Reese. He's the same old whistling fool he's always been. Has Tommy confided in you, Mrs. McRae? You are, after all, his mother. Has he said where the tree came from? He said tree can keep a secret if two of them are dead. I'll leave you two to your speculations, darlings. I have to get back to my bacon for the gala. I'm starting to wonder if having the tree will cause more trouble than it's worth. Perhaps Mr. Schiff will just get used to the idea and let us keep it. <gasps> Look, Mary, out the window. There's a man carrying a baby, with a little boy, out in the cold. They could freeze to death! Where are you going? I'll be right back. They're gone! Well, Mr. Reese, I know what you are showing that jabberjaw Miss Tarrington. And what did I get? Nothing but a bruised, mouldering blue hubbard. I hope I got the right kind of squash for your pies. The end is a bit spoiled. I'll take care of that. Is something wrong? You mean, is there something wrong with you? Can you please help me by explaining yourself? It seems the blessed ghost of Elizabeth isn't the only one to occupy your soul. We can add Miss Tarrington to your court.
I, I don't have a court. My son was watching you while you were offering your heart to Miss Terrington. I don't know what Tommy saw, but it's not what you think. Oh. Eileen! How dare you call me by my Christian name after what you've done? I've done nothing! Hmm. If you'll excuse me. My Christmas was shipwrecked before it had even begun. And from what I could tell, Mr. Schiff was determined to spoil Christmas for Miss Wold. Jacob, I've been thinking about your reluctance to allow a Christmas tree at the Henry Street house. Perhaps you should spend your thoughts on something more productive, Rabbi. Miss Wald's guests are from many corners of the world. Surely some of them celebrate Christmas. Uh, speaking of guests, my best and dearest friend, Sir Ernest Cassell, is sending his son from England. Will he be working with you here at the firm? According to his father, the young Mr. Cassell is preoccupied with the fairer sex. I see. I have made it my mission to divert Mr. Cassell's vigors. Good afternoon, Uncle Jacob. I am not your uncle. <laughs> oh, and it's always a pleasure to meet a man of the cloth. A pleasure to meet you, Mr. Cassell. <laughs> so, young man... My father speaks uh, very well of you, sir. I, I look forward to serving as your confidant, your trusted advisor in matters both large and small. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Nothing, Jacob. Mr. Cassell, you are a protege under my care. I'm sending you to see a Miss Wald. <laughs> Ahoy there, ma'am. How very happy it must make the sun to cast its rays on your beauty. <laughs> A pleasure to meet you. I've been sent by Mr. Schiff to speak with the lady of the house. Well, I, I'm afraid Miss Wald isn't here at the moment. Do you have a message for her, Mr...? Cassell. Leo Cassell. Uh, I'm here to take a look at the house's bookkeeping. Oh... You are doing a wonderful job decorating this porch. Well, such a splendid Christmas tree on display. Might you uh, reside here also? As a matter of fact, I do, Mr. Cassell. I am Mary Brewster, and I can fetch the house's ledger for you if you like. Oh, let us return to business later. What do you do here, Miss Brewster? Miss Wald and I provide classes and clubs for the East Side's newcomers. Oh, such charitable hearts at work amid such nefarious forces. Tell me, does all this goodwill flow beyond the confines of the house? We hope so. Our neighborhood visits are largely to the poor and sick in their homes. When our scant support allows, we aid those who are out of work or starving. Ah, this sounds like settlement work of the type we offer back in England, for new immigrants, that is. Yes, we are patterned to some degree after London's Toynbee Hall. Huh. How gratifying it is to see America following our lead, though not in all things. <laughs> no, indeed, Mr. Cassell. When I was a boy, I remember watching as a cadre of servants decorated the palace with Christmas trees. It looked like the entire forest had come indoors to be dressed in shimmering but splendor. But keep in my eye, he had his eye on Miss Brewster. Mr. Schiff's highfalutin snoop never wanted for a place to sleep, did he?
no home, Papa. Did I do bad things? No, no, no. You did no bad things. You are a very good and special boy. Your mother and me loves you and we always will. Do you love the lodger? Well, I suppose I do somewhat. You're happy this afternoon. I've met a gentleman. Oh? A Mr. Leo Cassell from England. He came to look at our expenditures for Mr. Schiff. How very odd. He normally sends Douglas to check our bookkeeping. He's very pleasant and very smart. Hello? We're in here, Mr. Reese. A mammoth white spruce. Do you like it, Miss Wald? If I'm to be honest, it's the most beautiful tree I've ever seen. It's from her secret admirer. A secret admirer? It could be from anybody. Even you, Mr. Reese? Well, I do admire Miss Walt, but it wasn't me. A stunt like that would get me in more hot water with Mrs. McRae than I already am. At any rate, I've come to find out how your visit with the chief went. It went as you expected. He asked for proof. It seems he doesn't believe anything sinister is going on when it comes to the baby borders. I'll see who it is. Special delivery for Miss Brewster. For me? Yes, ma'am. Ooh, well, what does it say? Here, you read it. Looking forward to the pleasure of your... Scintillating company, Miss Brewster. It seems, Miss Brewster, that you have an admirer of your own. <laughs> <laughs> As if all this secret admirer business wasn't enough, Miss Ward's sister was up to her old shenanigans again. I thought I might find you out here. Hello, Julia. You may not want to hear it, but I thought it might help if you knew the truth about my sister. Did she tell you why she doesn't wish to marry you? <sighs> well, not exactly, but I believe there's someone else. Doesn't Lillian's lack of concern for your feelings tell you something? I think it speaks volumes about her peculiarities. <sighs> I'm not sure what you're insinuating. I, I've known Lillian for nearly as long as you have. But you haven't lived with her, for goodness sake. Your sister and I have always been honest with one another. She gave me the bare-skinned truth, and likewise, I could always tell her everything. I would always tell you the truth. I have no doubt that you would. You thought you were more to her than an acquaintance, but her actions seemed to prove otherwise. Perhaps you're right, and I should reconsider everything. I say let her live with the indigents. She doesn't deserve you. Let's go inside and have some tea. Julia. Yes, Charlie? Thank you. Mr. Cassell, where are the Henry Street House's expenditures? Ah, I was uh, so taken with the magnificent Christmas tree on display in the front window. 
It just slipped my memory. What tree? Oh, you know, um, oh, typically of the white spruce variety, uh, trimmed in candles and ornaments. Uh, in England, Prince Albert introduced him to the Queen. I know what a, that sort of tree is. Oh. How dare she put up a tree after I made my wishes perfectly clear? Oh, I would say it was one of the more enchanting trees I've ever set eyes on. Oh, it is obvious to me now that Miss Wald was a spoiled child, but she will not have her own way on this matter. You may come in, Douglas. Miss Wald will lose more than her funding if she does not relent and take down that tree. If I may, sir... Uh... Why do you object to Miss Wald and Miss Brewster having a Christmas tree? The kindergarten playroom is altogether frequented by Jewish children. Ah. Uh, Douglas, uh, what do you think of the Henry Street House's tree? I haven't seen it. But as Mr. Schiff purchased the house, I believe he has every right to ask that the tree be removed. Mr. Schiff is, after all, of the Jewish faith, and the tree is a symbol of the Christian holiday. With the house loudly proclaiming the Gentile holiday from its front window, I fear that our newly arrived brethren from Russia and Romania will abandon our beliefs, and that all we have been taught as children will be lost to St. Nicholas and those trees. Uh, uh, in light of your objection to the Christmas tree, I'll be happy to make another visit to the house. Would you like me to, tactfully, of course... Inform Miss Wald that the tree must be uh, evicted? Please do. Consider this part of your training in dealing with our more stubborn business partners. Why are we here, Papa? That's Baby's father. He works here as a blacksmith. Mr. Rosen! Mr. Rosen! No, you must take your daughter back. I trust you've convinced Miss Wald to comply with my wishes regarding the tree. Ah, she sends a letter, which I'm happy to read you, Uncle. Um, oh, uh, For the last somewhere. time, I am not your... Oh, here it is. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Schiff... Uh, you recently said in a letter to me, I have the greatest respect for every religion, for traditions, customs, uh, and even prejudices in whatever religion these may be found. Do you indeed believe what you put to paper, sir, or has your philosophy changed since the arrival of our Christmas tree? Faithfully yours, Lillian Wald. Oh, and she says that uh, if the tree offends you, sir, then you needn't come to see it on Christmas Eve. Where is Douglas? Douglas, come in here at once! I've brought something for the orphans, Captain. My co-worker received a gift, and she'd like to see it shared. I'm sorry, Miss Wall. The Chief wouldn't allow that. Hello, Chief. What are you doing here? I was just leaving this box with Captain Battle. Oh, for the orphans? Surely I've committed no crime by bringing some flowers and chocolates. Finer. Five hundred dollars. What? There's a price for interfering in police matters. Why are you doing this? 
I have no means of paying you such a large and ridiculous sum. Well, then you'll be taken to the poorhouse, won't you? They'll teach you a thing or two about minding your own beeswax. Oh. Chief, can I have a minute? Over here, Bertel. She's committed no offense, Chief. She doesn't know that. I'm sorry, Miss Wall, but you have to stay here with us till your fine's paid up. Anyone you want me to be contacting for you? Like Mr. Schiff? If Mr. Schiff catches wind of this, he'll cut off our support. But there is someone else. Charles! Hello, Julia. Charles, she has you wrapped around her little finger. You can't go running to her every time she bats an eye. Your sister needs my help. If she wasn't in some kind of trouble, do you think she'd send for you? What am I supposed to do? Let them ship her off to Blackwell's Island? You could stay here with me. You know I can't do that. I I've always been very fond of you, but your sister has owned my heart since we were children. Even as children, she always had everything the way she wanted it. They're boarding. I, I, I have to go. Charles! Take care of yourself, Julia. Miss Brewster! Oh! Mr. Cassell, how fine to see you! <laughs> and thank you for the lovely gifts! I hope you don't mind me sailing in unannounced, but uh, I thought we could take a field day uptown. Uptown? Yes. Uh, well, I'd like to buy you a muff and take you to lunch at Delmonico's, which I hear is a fine dining establishment. Delmonico's? Oh, I would like that, Mr. Cassell, very much. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Reese could have taken me to lunch. But then again, he was always too busy grilling the underclasses. Do you know where Mrs. Waters meets these unwed mothers? I might have heard someone say they meet girls in Stuyvesant Square. Mm. Thank you, Maria. Miss Wall, you're free to go. Your fine's all paid. Hello, Charles. Lillian. You've done a lot of reckless things in the past, but I never thought I would have to pay for you to be released from the police station. What would your parents say if they found out? I'm sorry to trouble you, but I had no one else I could turn to. The chief said you were trying to smuggle in contraband to foreigners, no less. I don't know what's happened to you, Lillian, but I find it very disturbing. If you will just give me the chance to explain... I was on my way to see Mr. Schiff. I stopped at the police station simply to drop off something for the orphans who escaped being killed in Russia. So then the chief find you. This is starting to sound like your Christmas tree story. Then you believe I've been lying to you all along. I love you, Lillian. But I don't know what to believe anymore. The snowflakes look magical the way the breeze swirls them around. Your presence alone is enough to make everything about our uptown adventure magical. Now, where were we, Miss Brewster? Please tell me absolutely everything there is to know about you. Well, then, Lillian, 
I mean, Miss Wald and I went to nursing school together. I didn't know society women could take up nursing, but this is, after all, America. It's getting quite cold. You're trembling. I wasn't aware the weather can turn so quickly in New York. Let's get you home. Miss Bruce, mercy's sake. You've got a chill. Miss Wald, Mr. Cassell from England. Miss Brewster tells me you were a friend of the Queen. <laughs> I was indeed. <laughs> and I understand you are the ruling Queen of the Henry Street House, Miss Wald. Chief McKay says that since your arrival downtown, Miss Wald, you've been nothing but a railroad spike in his side. He tells me that you're meddling in his work. And you would take the Chief's word over mine. Chief McKay, notwithstanding, Mr. Cassell shared your letter with me. And it is my understanding that you had no intention of removing the tree that stands in the kindergarten playroom. So Mr. Cassell was never sent to examine our bookkeeping, was he? Ladies' man that he is, Mr. Cassell apparently strayed from his original assignment, but that does not make him a spy. Surely you must see that his accidental discovery of the tree raises concerns. That a Christmas tree might bring some comfort to people who are forced to leave their homelands, their families, everything they ever loved? Miss Wald, Please I've... allow me to finish, Mr. Schiff. It is very nearly Christmas, and yet our neighbors on the east side, either because of their predicaments or because they speak another language, are looked upon as criminal. Vicious, derelict, and diseased. This is why we're here. To offer an outstretched hand when no one else will. Miss Wald, I've called you here because of a decision I've made concerning the house. You are free to do what you wish with the house, Mr. Schiff. As you remind me constantly, it is yours. Good day, Mr. Schiff. I can see myself out. It's good that you've returned home. What's the matter, Mrs. McRae? It's Miss Brewster. She's taken very ill. Her angel is in such a state because of that blue-blooded Englishman. Hello, Doctor. I I I've been informed that Miss Brewster is unwell. I, I would be grateful for any news of her condition. I'm sorry to say, but there's nothing that can be done for her. Unless you can fashion her a new heart. What? That can't be true. I will commission the best physician in New York. I am the best physician in New York. Good day. Please, tell me how to help. I'm cancelling the gala. I'll ask Mrs. McRae to tell everyone except for Rabbi Joseph. I plan to see him myself. If you think of anything else, I'm at your service. Thank you, Mr. Reese. I hope you've come to your senses, young man. I wasn't aware of your carrying on with Miss Brewster until Douglas reported seeing you together at Delmonico's. 
I didn't know I was under Douglas's surveillance. I had no choice but to inform your father of your transgressions. I've committed no crime by taking a young woman to lunch. Perhaps not. However, she is not of your, well, status in society. It is folly to allow this misguided affinity of yours to continue. Then I shall take my affinity and go. Mr. Cassell! And you are right. You could never be my uncle. Douglas, what are you doing? Mr. Schiff sent me to put the sign up, Miss Wald. The house is officially for sale. For sale? I'll be on my way. I'm truly sorry, Miss Wald. Why did I ever come here? No matter how much I try to make things better for people living here, it will never be enough. There you are, Mr. Schiff. No Holly. No Douglas fur around the stairway. No candles. No bells. No wreath on the front door. Nothing left to remind you of Christmas. No. But there is one more thing, isn't there? The thing you despise the most. The Christmas tree! Well, it's coming down, just like you wanted. What the blazes is going on in here? What's gotten into you, Miss Wald? I'm sorry. It's just that... Oh, Mrs. McRae. Land sake. What was that? Upstairs. It's Mary. Mary? Just some spilled water and broken glass. It was easy enough to clean up. Unlike the mess Mr. Shift had gotten us into. When do we have to leave? I don't know exactly, but I imagine we have very little time. Mr. Schiff can be so rigid and cold. What about Charles? I really don't care if I ever see him again. Yes, you do. He thinks I've done nothing but deceive him. I never thought that one Christmas tree could turn my whole life upside down. Come in, come in. To what do I owe the pleasure of your company, Mr. Barry? Ah, thank you. Thank you. I was wondering, uh, Mayor Lowe, have you looked into my fiancé's story regarding uh, orphans being held at the police station? Well, Charlie, after you told me about this situation, I, uh, I had a talk with the chief. You, uh, you still plan to marry soon? Um, I'm afraid that rests entirely with Miss Wall. There's something I'd like to do to make her happy for Christmas, if only it were within my power. 
Well, your father's been a very good friend to me all these years. How can I be of service? I was surprised when, Tommy, you said you wanted to see me. I'll get right to it. Miss Wald and Miss Brewster are up the strudel without a spattle now that the house is being sold. From what I can tell, it's something to do with the Christmas tree. It might be that Miss Wald and Mr. Schiff aren't very suitable partners after all. Never mind that now. Time to pull up your socks, Mr. Reese, and get to work. I'm not about to let that old curmudgeon ruin our Christmas. Mr. Grunschlager, I didn't know your wife had another one. She's not ours, Mrs. Trelachi. She's a rent baby. I tried to give her back to the father, but he doesn't want her. I was hoping you could help. We cannot even feed the ones we have. I don't know anyone who would want a sick one like that. Papa, I'm hungry. I want Mama. I know, my son. Those poor souls were out in one of the coldest, iciest winters in all my life. But that night, by the luck of the Irish, Captain Battle was out on the beat. Hey, what's this? Camping out shepherd style, are you? This ain't no Bethlehem, you know. I am sorry. You were only... You'll freeze before midnight out here. Now, why don't you give me an account of this situation, Mr... Grunschlag. Frida, you must learn to restrain these eruptions of yours. Yes, Father. Will you be taking your evening stroll, sir? Jacob has been a bit over-temperature. He believes a long walk in the cold could help. And so do I. Good evening, Captain. What brings you out on such a cold night? There's no room for these two anywhere, Miss Wald. Can you spare a spot for them? I remember seeing them in the street from my window one night. When I went out, they were gone. What is your name, child? Gabriel. Gabriel? Just like the Archangel. And you, sir? Adam Grunschlag. Please, wait for me inside, Mr. Grunschlag. Captain, where's the baby they had with them? The matron's looking after her back at the station. It wasn't theirs, but it helped pay the rent. What a relief. I'm glad the baby's being cared for. Merry Christmas to you, Captain. Merry Christmas, Miss Wald. If only we could make this one night last forever. Is something wrong? Please, tell me what is troubling you. If only I could fix things for you and your co-worker, Miss Brewster. I shall forever regret mentioning the Christmas tree to Mr. Schiff. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, you didn't mean any harm. 
All has already been forgiven and forgotten, Mr. Cassell. <laughs> I've sent my father a letter imploring him to reconsider our courtship. I accept that I'm not welcome in your family's fold. Still, it is a terrible thing to be judged not by one's character or heart, but by one's lineage. Oh no, no, no. I will not have you downcast, my dove. As soon as you're well enough, I will whisk you away with me to where none of this pedigree gibberish matters. So you like being rocked, do you? And you are, without a doubt, a sweet little thing. Matron, do you think we can find her a home? There's no private homes taking the likes of that one. You can hear her wheezing in the next room. The chief said the baby's going over to Mrs. Waters' place. Can I help you, ma'am? I'm Mrs. Waters. I'm here for your flotsam. Flotsam, you say? Is this a little nipper? Be careful with her. She's ill. Oh, don't worry yourself about that. Jacob! Are you on your way to the Henry Street house? I am out for my usual evening constitution, Rabbi. That is all. I saw Miss Wald on my way tonight. She looked so mournful. So defeated. Like someone who has had some bad news. <clears throat> It must be something quite terrible. She was crying. That is unfortunate. Now, what are you doing out here looking up at the stars? Well, if it isn't Mrs. Battle, what's the most beautiful woman in the world doing in a place like this? Don't I always bring you a homemade surprise on Christmas Eve? Mmm, sure smells good. Aren't you supposed to be working, Captain? I guess I'm distracted. I just can't seem to get those little orphans out of my head. I know that's been bothering you. And at the moment, you can't fix that situation. I just feel like my, my hands are tied. I'm glad you came. There's something I'd like to ask you. There's something wondrous, something inexplicably sacred about a Christmas tree. Like the one in this poor family's window, don't you think? Have you forgotten who you are, Rabbi? 
If my concern for Jewish children strikes you as being intolerant, then I would say with the utmost conviction that it is you who has betrayed the faith. Then you believe that Miss Wald, whom I may remind you is also a Jew, has betrayed her faith? Precisely. I see you and Miss Wald like the ostrich and the zebra. Together, are they not better equipped to thwart the lions and the hyenas? Here it was, Christmas Eve, and that slithering gumshoe, Mr. Reese, was nowhere to be found. I wondered who the blazes he was with, and what he was up to. Who could that be at this hour? Just a minute, I'm coming! What do you want? Evening, ma'am. Oh, I am sorry, Captain. We're here to get the baby you picked up at the station. You can't do that. <laughs> it was a legal surrender. It seems it wasn't, ma'am. You never signed the form. You can't have her. I'll come down to the station and sign them now. Hmm. Mr. Reese was right. You do have a swell place here. He did a bit of checking up on you and it seems you've taken out a number of life insurance policies on your borders. We checked the certificates for the children that have passed away in your care this year, and what do you think we found? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? I, I can't explain. <laughs> and you'll have your chance down at the station. Take her away, men. Should I get the baby, Captain? That's all right, Higgins. I'll get her. She's got you laying on a newspaper, naked, without so much as a blanket, in a dirty old wine crate. Higgins, hand me that swaddling cloth, would you? Right away, sir. There you go. Let's get you out of this place. Mr. Schiff! Your wife said I'd find you on your evening gallivant. What's this? I will have to prevail upon you to read it for me, Douglas. I don't have my spectacles. It's from Sir Ernest Cassell, sir, and it says, A happy holiday to you, Jacob. And concerning my son, if young Leo has indeed found love, I say let him be happy. This is, after all, the 20th century. Your best friend, Ernie. <laughs> Thank you, Douglas. I'll take that. And I must be going. Merry Christmas. I, I mean, Happy Hanukkah, Mr. Schiff. A good night to you, Douglas. Good evening, Mr. Schiff. Good evening, Mr. Cassell. I, I saw you walking as I was passing by and thought I'd stop and speak with you, if I may, of course. Since my 
undignified outburst in your office yesterday. I've given consideration as to whether or not I should apologize to you for my behavior. I accept your apology. Oh, well, sir, I am. I, I, I haven't made up my mind yet. Well, perhaps I can make up your mind for you. Oh, <laughs> well... Um... <laughs> Your father and I have communicated, Mr. Cassell. And you'll be happy to hear that Sir Ernest believes, as I do, that we must all roll with the tide, no matter how frothy. Uh, Mr. Schiff, I... I'm, I'm... I prefer your more familiar moniker, Mr. Cassell. And I do hope... <laughs> You will be returning to the firm. I, I, I must admit, Uncle Jacob, I'm quite at a loss for words. <laughs> you may go ahead, then, in my carriage. <laughs> well. A happy holiday to you. <laughs> to you too, Uncle Jacob. A very happy holiday indeed. Thank you, driver. We may continue. Here we come, a whistling among the Shopkeeper? Yes, sir. I'll take that one, trimmed in your very finest of wrappings. For someone special, is it? For someone extraordinary. Here you go then, sir. Topped with a silver bow. Mr. Schiff! Miss Wald. Check the window. See if Miss Wald is coming. She's out there with someone else! What in the blazes is he doing here? I couldn't locate an olive branch, so I brought him this. So beautifully wrapped. Thank you, Mr. Schiff. That miserable penny-pinching old fuddy-duddy had better not cause Miss Wald any more suffering tonight, or he'll have me to answer to. Will you come in with me? I would like to see what the forest sacrificed to cause all this kerfuffle. Please come in. Merry Christmas, Miss Wolves. Merry Christmas, Miss I just... I can't believe you're all here. Mr. Cassell, Mayor Lowe, Douglas, Maria, Mr. Reese, Rabbi Joseph, everyone, and Charles. <clears throat> In this room, I'm reminded, Miss Wall, 
of why I chose to support you in the first place. You are not only a driven, compassionate nurse. You are a maverick, a champion, a dreamer, and most importantly, a doer. Here, here. Mr. Schiff, I don't know what to say. This year, something unusual has happened. Christmas Eve and the first night of Hanukkah have coincided. In the spirit of this night, I'd like the ornament given to me by Mr. Schiff, a menorah, to be placed on the tree. Mr. Schiff, would you do the honor? Thank you. House's tree looks so welcoming on this rarest of nights, just as I imagined it would when I picked it out. You're my secret admirer? <laughs> to that I say to everyone present, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and let's eat. We have some additional guests, Miss Wall. The orphans are here. Apparently, Mr. Charles Barry put in a special request to Mayor Lowe, who in turn gave Chief McKay an order to release them. And I've arranged for new permanent homes for the children, where they will be loved and properly cared for. Oh, you've made everyone so happy tonight, Mr. Schiff. I wonder if you might consider not selling this house? I'm sorry, Miss Wald, but I won't. As difficult as it is for me, I accept your decision. Difficult? Why? I'm going to buy you a much bigger one, which is what I was trying to tell you when you came to my office. I thought that if you had the space to expand, you might be easier to get along with. <laughs> Come with me, Mrs. McRae. What's this? This is the box that Tommy saw. I needed another woman's opinion before I gave it to you. A shamrock necklace. It's the emblem that's closest to my heart. It reminds me of... Home? I'll put it on now. When you're able... We'll dance outdoors under a smiling moon. But until then, I'll carry you around the dance floor. <laughs> Mr. Cassell! <laughs> oh, do you object, my bunting? I'll be sure to have you back upstairs by midnight. Doctor's orders, and please call me Leo. <laughs> You're all the medicine I'll ever need, Leo. How long does it take you to get a necklace on, Mrs. McRae? <laughs> Why don't you help me then, Mr. Reese? <laughs> In the words of Oscar Wilde, if you're not too long, I will wait here for you all my life. Uh, excuse me for interrupting. Hello, Charles. Could I show you something, Lillian? Of course. Is this what you wanted to show me? The mistletoe? It is. Charles, 
I need to say I'm sorry. I've said some things to you that I shouldn't have, and I hope you'll forgive me. <sighs> Only if you'll forgive me. I shouldn't have mistrusted you. I doubt I'll ever be able to leave this place. And I can't imagine moving in with all these slum dwellers. I guess we'll just have to see what happens. I guess you're right. What is it, my darling? I think Captain Battle and his wife may have... My wife took one look at her. Then she looked at me, and well, that was it, Mrs. McRae. Now, she's our whole world. Mrs. Battle, I'd like you to meet the Grunschlugs. They took the wee one in before you adopted her. Miss Wall said that I will see my mama tomorrow. Now, isn't that good news? Look, Gabe, our little lodger has her own family at last. That's not all she has. We gave her a name, Lillian, after Miss Wald. Lillian? I just couldn't be happier right now. <laughs> well, if you're happy, I'm happy. So happy that I'm going to whirl you around the dance floor until we can't dance anymore. <laughs> Charles! <laughs> Charles, let go of me! <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Not ever. As we say back in Ireland, may the roof above us never fall in, and may the friends gathered below it never fall out. Thanks so much for listening. I sure hope you enjoyed that. And thanks to Bonnie Silva and Sagacity Productions again for making this program available to the Christmas Past family. Be sure to check the show notes to this episode for more information about the program. And be sure to check your favorite podcast app often because I'll be back again before you know it with an all-new episode. Until then, let me remind you as always that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. You know, it is never too late to send a Christmas memory to appear in an episode later this season. All you have to do is record yourself speaking into your phone's voice memo app and then send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Just keep it reasonably short, clean and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Let's stay connected all season long. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to join our private Christmas Past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover the show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details on that. Well, stay festive, everyone, and until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.